Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Whiskey and Watches podcast. On this week's episode, Spence and Buzz sit down with fellow Red Bar Cincinnati member at Soul on Instagram and talk about the three Ds, diving, dive watches, and of course, Doxa. So get ready and sit back, because it's time for another episode of the Whiskey and Watches podcast. Welcome, everybody, to episode 61 of the Whiskey and Watches podcast. 61 weeks without a break. Uh, we've done we've done pretty good there, haven't we, Buzzy? Yeah, I'm impressed with ourselves. I don't know if our wives are, but, you know, and Spangler's not here tonight, so that is uh, that is what it is. You know, he's off flitting about, flitting, flying. You know, he's I think he's got a lab this week, so uh, we understand, but... We, uh, we have uh, with us a friend from the Cincy Red Bar group, even though he's not technically in Cincinnati, but we, we, we let him join anyway. Our buddy Soul. So Soul at Soul, welcome. We're just going to call you Soul the rest of the episode, I feel like. It works for me, guys. Thanks for having me so much. It's a real honor. People keep using that word like, like this is a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it is. A big deal. I, you know, I... I'm the guy that has been armchair quarterbacking podcasts, particularly watch podcasts for some time now. And to actually be a part of one, that is, that is incredible. So thank you guys. Well, you know, when we're off air after this, you're going to, we'll let you see what you think we could have done better. Um, since you've been, yeah, I, I'm I, now I'm curious. You've made that cut. Now I'm curious, but we'll see how this one goes. Uh, so soul, you know how we start. Um, we usually start off with a, a wrist check and a drink check. So what is in the glass and what is on the wrist? Absolutely. So uh, this being a special occasion and all, I decided to uh, celebrate a little. I decided to kill uh, the remaining dregs of a bottle of uh, Van Winkle Special Reserve 12-year. Now I feel Ooh, uh, Had just a tiny <laughs> bit left. Just a tiny bit. Um, so I've got that going with the, the clear ice ball from Wintersmith. I love that thing. And uh, on wrist, I have the Doxa Sub 350th Anniversary Shark Hunter Black Along, uh, the last watch of the Mirai era for you Doxa nerds out there. Um, this thing is just fantastic. It's an excellent piece. And I, th- I think you all can kind of tell why we have Soul on tonight. We're going to make maybe correct some errors from last week. <laughs> <laughs> Still a lot going on in this crazy corner of the watch of the watch nerdiverse. So uh, we'll uh, we'll dive into it a little bit more, but also uh, get into a little bit more. Yeah, diving that's uh, that's an apt thing. We'll probably talk a little bit about that too. But uh, yeah, that's a that's an excellent piece. All right, Buzzy, what have you got for us? Be- before I get into that, I-, I think that this would be one of those uh, in Rocky and Bullwinkle. Remember, they always gave the the two different titles uh, that the next episode would be. Mm-hmm. This one could yes. be diver dude or doxa dust up part d love it. no we love, love the alliteration i'm a huge fan of or titles well played buzz <laughs> absolutely absolutely please tell me you wrote those I down so you can text that. them to me later <laughs> no i did not well, we're doing it live we're doing it live <laughs> uh, okay all right so let's let's start with my drink I decided to do something different today. I am rocking a Rob Roy, which is the Scotch whiskey version of a Manhattan. Ooh, I, I went uh, three to one with the uh, Chavez Regal, 
and Dolan Sweet Vermouth, just a single dash of Fee Brothers Orange Bitters. I stirred it in a uh, shaker filled to the brim with ice 40 times. This guy. Shout out to my friend, our friend, friend of the podcast, Debbie, at Case and Crown, who DM'd me recently and pointed out, it's like, hey, I saw this article that people think it's better to actually like stir whiskey drinks and then only shake drinks that have citrus in them. Like, check it out, see what you think. Well, since I had been on a uh, Scotch neat kick for a while, this was my first time that I uh, actually decided to, to stir things up. Uh, it's good. It, you definitely have a lot less ice crystals floating around. It's definitely clearer uh, when it's poured. You get it suitably uh, cold. Uh, it is kind of a pain in the ass to do. That's a big downside. You know, it's a lot easier to shake a shaker. It sounds cool. It looks cool. You know, it does. Uh, stirring, stirring stuff. I, I got to admit, because I'm really concentrating on keeping all that stuff in the vessel. I paid good money for it. I don't want to spill it, but that's all right. Got two Luxardo cherries in it too. I think I only have one left, so I, I've got to got to go get the re-up on those Luxardos pretty soon. So, so all in all, speaking of Debbie, though, when you go to buy those Luxardos, since I either can't find them or I'm lazy, could you pick me up a jar? <laughs> I was actually planning on buying both you and Spangler a jar for a massively belated <laughs> Christmas gift. It is past St. <laughs> Patrick's Day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was you gonna know, say, "Oh, Buzz, what a guy!" And then you said I've, the second half of that sentence. I've got a fun okay, joke about on. that after Buzzy does his wrist check. You know what? If you complain too much, the gifts can go back. Spoken <laughs> like a true dad. So. <laughs> Love it. All right, but yeah, um, it's been a while since I've had a Rob Roy. It's pretty good, and I would suggest as a starting point, go with a heavy scotch ratio um, because, after all, scotch is delicious, and you want to taste it. So I, I'm happy that I started at, at the three to one. Okay. On my wrist, I've got a watch that I really like. It's got a handy toolless micro adjust. You, you just, you don't realize how much you would use it until you have a watch with one. Any guesses? I'm going to go Monta SkyQuest. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, any guess? Yeah, that was, I was going to follow up with the same. Uh, I had just listened to an episode by you guys uh, that uh, included uh, lots of, lots of love for the uh, Toolless Adjust for the Monta SkyQuest. So that's, and that's I, I do... I do love that watch, but what I've got on my wrist today, it's my new to me Doxa Sub 300 T C Ram. He did it. Whoa. He did it. Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping that was where you were going to go, but I, oh man, this guy, oh, this boy. guy. <laughs> Incredible. Oh. Kudos, man. That is awesome. <laughs> dude uh, thanks so you went you went rambler 
I know there was a debate Rambler, Rambler. Shark Hunter for uh, all of half a second. So you went Rambler? I did. Nice. I did. Yeah. My high school Rambler mascot, we were the Ramblers. So there you go. Uh, I, I find it, it was really, it was seeing uh, Pandolfo's uh, sub 300 Sea yes. uh, Rambler in the flesh and yes. seeing just the, the little Sunray finishing on it uh, that, because I, I normally would not go for a silver dial, but seeing it in person and seeing how you have the silver dial, you have the two different finishes on the bezel and the case, they all look different. They are all beautiful. How it comes together is much, much greater than the sum of the individual parts. Um, yeah, I really love it. This was the right decision. I don't... I don't second guess it at all. Um, yeah. Fantastic watch, man. Sea Rambler is the only one that I don't own. I'm holding out for a Sea Rambler T-Graph to come up at some point. Uh, that thing just looks so insane. So congratulations on the purchase, Buzz. That's that's awesome. Well done, Buzz. So you, you guys don't know how difficult it's been because I've had this watch for six <laughs> days i've had it six days wow i've been i've been keeping it a secret from all of you except pandolfo for that entire time (laughs) i only told you out yeah yeah well i only told him because he pointed he pointed it out to me on the uh doxa owners group on facebook that that it it came up so I, i felt that i owed him uh, you know, a, a heads up as to what was happening, but I, I did implore him to to keep this a secret until the episode aired because obviously I wanted to to get some live reactions. And you did, you did. Oh, so I did. <laughs> that was awesome. You played the long game. <laughs> it was the long con. It was uh, painful. Has it left your wrist since you got it? Uh, only. Uh, when I'm not wearing a watch and then earlier, although I, I didn't really have to do it so much uh, for everyone listening at home, the software that we use, we can see each other. Uh, so there's a video feed. I did put on my Manta earlier and only switched in the Doxa right before the wrist check, just in oh case, just in case this guy, was this guy, this guy through video. These are the things that you can do if you put your mind to it. <laughs> so Buzz, it's the it's the toolless micro adjust, so that's the new bracelet, right? Yes, yes. So is it 300T or 350th anniversary? Uh, 300T, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. It, um, one of the things I liked about that sub 300 that, that I saw, obviously it's it's beautiful, it's it's thin. I love the, the domed crystal. But the the 300T, it does not wear thick at all. It wears really nicely. And um, I would love to to have some some shape to that crystal, but the flat does not bother me at all. The the bracelet's great. The toolless micro adjust is handy. Um, It's hard to go back once you have them. Um, I mean, that being said, it's not perfect by by any stretch. Uh, you, 
you really should break some edges on it. I mean, even without changing the architecture of it, um, yeah, it, it could use a little bit of edge breaks uh, along the uh, the ends and um, kind of all, all the corners. I, I'd be really interested in seeing, um, you know, it, if they tumble it at all before they uh, they do the uh, polishing. Probably not because it, talking it, about the face or the bracelet, the the clasp itself. Oh yeah. Because it, it definitely the the corners are a little sharp, but th- these are super minor details. It it beats the snot out of most clasps, and 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 those comments are really in the service of going from great to excellent. So, yeah, I love it. So good. So good. So good. Gets the sweet Caroline triple so good. <laughs> I am you you uh, you played the long con there. You really did. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Well, I guess I got to bring this home. Uh, tonight's a little bit boring for me, I guess, compared to uh, between Soul's uh, whiskey choice uh, and his watch, um, and then Buzz's reveal. Um, I guess the closest thing I have is a, uh, I also am doing a three to one Manhattan, although this I'm on kind of on my second. So I eyeballed it this time. I didn't bring the jigger down. Um, as everybody knows, I am a little bit more visual when it comes to mixing my cocktails. I know what it should look like. I know what it should taste like. And I adjust on the fly as necessary. Um, but I'm sticking with my uh, Michter's rye three to one with Antica formula vermouth uh, and one shake of the Angostura bitters, uh, with a maraschino cherry over an ice ball tonight in my glass. Um, just a, just a good, just a good solid combination. Just that the Antica formula, I get why it's a more expensive vermouth. It is delicious, but it is also very strong and three to one is, seems to be the appropriate mix for that Manhattan. And then it just, it's so sweet. I need a rye. Like the, the bourbon that I've tried with it has been very good. Like I've been using Weller and it's great, but like I taste it and I was like, this would be really good with that, like really kind of good cinnamony, a little bit more heat, Michter's rye, and it's been fantastic. Um, I'm drinking this bottle of Michter's way faster than I should be. Um, just because it, it's just, right. it's a great rye. And it's sure like is. I said, for this, this combination of cocktails, like this is just really good. Like I just, I want one. Um, so that's what I've got uh, in the glass. Um, and then on the wrist, um, Soul will recognize it. He like I'm having video issues, so I can't see them, but they can yes. see me. I have on the OG in my automatic watch collection, my uh, Tudor Black Base Steel, uh, which we'll get into. Uh, I, I know that is uh, one of the pieces that is in Soul's collection, and I I actually have mine on a um, a Barton sailcloth, a gray sailcloth that I got from our buddy Pandolfo. So at Matt Pandolfo, he also kind of. S- runs the the at lopera watches account with a, another buddy of ours they were the two that did the uh the back and forth 12 days of wismus uh that, that we did with brodinky uh they lended their so musical good. talents and uh his recital was today his senior recital or not senior recital because he's in grad school uh so so go everybody go uh give uh, matt pandolfo a uh a shout out or whatever he's actually how we know soul um and uh so, so he's, he's, he has to, you know, and he, and he hooked up Buzzy with the, uh, the find on the doxa form. So like just, he's, he's coming up a lot in this one. So yeah, I, I bought 
a set of straps from him, including this one. Um, I actually really like it. It's very comfortable. My only complaint about it is, and this isn't from, from Mike, it's, uh, it's from Barton. It's like, I want the sailcloth to wear in the summer. Why is it backed by leather? <laughs> like, yeah. like that's the only, it's like, like, I was like, I was like, oh, it's sailcloth. Oh, and it's leather on the back. Oh, well, I guess I can wear this in the spring, fall, and winter. <laughs> like sailcloth, it's breathable. Like, I, it, like it's nylon. It should be worn in the hotter months. And then you throw a big old slab of leather on the back. And I was like, I am gonna make this thing smell so bad if I wear it in Cincinnati in the summer. So bad. So um, I'm wearing it while I can, and this is gonna go either back on uh, the rubber I got from Zach at Cincy Strapco or uh, on the bracelet for a bit because the bracelet on. The tutors, the bracelets on the tutor, just they're fantastic. So those little ball bearings that they have, the ceramic ball bearings on the clasp, oh, love them, love them. So, um, and I feel like, yes. I feel like you were hinting, Soul, that there's a there's a little bit of a story. Uh, if I'm thinking correctly, it might be behind this watch. You're right. So we'll we'll talk about that True. here in a little bit. Um, so that's that's the drink check and the wrist check. Um, as you kind of, as Buzzy kind of hinted. Um, and, and we have to, like, we, we know you from the, from our red bar group. You're actually not in Cincinnati. You're, you're down the road in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, you know, uh, our buddy Mike, um, which is how you ended up in, and he's, you were kind enough to lend him your dot, one of your doxes, which blows my mind. Um, but he's, he's a nice guy. So like that part doesn't, but I'm like, I, so I don't really know how you know him. We'll get into that a little bit, but you know, we have to ask the question to begin with, you know, obviously you dive, you got into watches you know, let's, let's talk a little bit about which came first and which one has influenced the other a little bit more. Absolutely. So, um, and this was right around the same time I've, I've been in these two worlds, uh, together since like really early 2015. So wow, six years now. Um, when it came, I think watches were probably first, um, I, and I've always appreciated watches in general, but not like deeply, not on a wist level by any you know means. Uh, I, I remember like in the seventh grade, I would wear two cheap quartz watches at the same time, both on my left wrist. And whenever anybody asked me why I had two watches on, I was kind of like, because I have two and I like them both. <laughs> uh, why not? Wrong. Nice. Love it. So yeah, I've always been kind of a dork about watches. Um, but it wasn't until, uh, like early 2015, my wife and I were binge watching house, like house MD. Mm -hmm. And, uh, for whatever reason, like I could not take my eyes off of Hugh Laurie's wrist. And so house's watch is a Hamilton khaki King. And so in Googling this, like today you can just Google uh, what is Dr. House's watch and it just does the Google suggestion thing and it tells you right away. But back in 2015, not the case. Um, it was a funny story. I actually found the answer in some sort of like Czech magazine, like online magazine that was actually called Hodinky something spelled with a Y. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so that's how I found out that it was Hamilton Gacky King. And then like, of course, the first thing I encountered was what this this watch cost five hundred dollars. That's absurd. You know, like <laughs> we've all been there. Yeah, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
And so I go on this quest to find the lowest possible price. Like I go down the rabbit hole of finding the gray market. Like I go cruise by the AD and they're like, you know, I, I guess, you know, we could knock off a little bit off that price. And I'm like, no, no don't, don't, don't give me those shenanigans. I can find online for, you know, <laughs> I think it was like less than $300 with a coupon code. I felt like I, that was a real win. And so that was my first like foray into the watch world, uh, you know, researching, going deep, acquiring this thing and obsessing over it and you know maybe crying a single tear when i scratched it the first time you, you know you know the feeling oh yeah yes um from there it was around the same time um that um i don't know i don't know what got into me um but i just decided you know what i've been driving past my local dive shop um for years always wondering what is in there you know it seems like such a cool thing to do. Um, so um, one day I just had some time to kill on a Saturday, uh, rode my motorcycle down to the dive shop and just went in and just was looking around. And uh, the owner who's, who's no longer the owner, Louisville Dive Center recently changed hands. And I'm, I'm rooting hard for them. They've got incredible uh, plans to really make the shop amazing. Uh, but anyway, the previous owner, Kevin, um, asked me, Hey, are you a diver? And I said, uh, no. And his next question was, would you like to be? And my answer was, well, yeah, you know, not even thinking about it. And so he, you know, walked me through everything that was required. Again, this is another, um, sadly not cheap pursuit, uh, for sure. So I had to, you know, do a little, do a little convincing with, with the wife and figure out how we were going to make that work. But, um, man, I wouldn't change a thing. Um, once you become a diver, it, um, it changes the way you want to take every vacation, uh, on the water and, and how you shuffle around your time to be able to dive and still, you know, spend the rest of the day with the family and, and things like that. But, um, you get to do and see things that so few people are ever exposed to, you know, you think about the, the childlike joy that we all experience going to like Newport Aquarium, for instance, I mean, think about staring that beautiful angel fist in the face and it's not even particularly afraid of you. You know, you're just down there visiting, uh, getting exposed to, to the beauty of, of the undersea world. It is, um, it's a huge part of my life. Um, I'm currently pursuing uh, a master diver certificate through NAWI, through the Louisville Dive Center. There are a couple of other like certifications you can get on on the way to doing that, and um, man, it's just been a thrill. Um, and then the watches, you know, as I got into diving, I certainly took a hard turn into dive watches, which is I, I own. I think the Hamilton is my only field watch. Almost everything else in my collection is is a dive watch. Um, probably own ten or twelve. I don't know. Um, and yeah, uh, 2015, circa 2015, th this is the time when, you know, Hodinkee is really starting to gain momentum. This is the time that the Great NATO is booting up and I'm right there in the middle of all of it. And so I'm very just saturated in diving and watches and dive watches. And uh, that's really my sort of origin story here. And it's been such a fun ride. Like I'm a guy that loves to learn everything that there is to know about the gear in, in the experience. Um, I 
I love to do the research. And this has just provided this bottomless opportunity to learn. And I think that's a beautiful, beautiful thing about both of these hobbies, really. So, um, and I've met some fantastic people along the way, gentlemen included. Uh, so, yeah, that, that, that's my story. Very nice. Yeah. That, that, uh, that is funny when you walk into a dive shop, I get asked, are, are you a diver? Um, yeah. Well, no. But I mean, I <laughs> think we yet. know where that's going. Like, yeah. you, you were curious enough to drive. Yeah. It's like, well, of course he wants to be. That's why he's there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And it wasn't, it was definitely not a, um, like a conscious desire to go in to go in there to become a diver. I was literally just exploring the city. Basically, it's like it's one of the things that I like to do on the bike is ride down streets I've never been. Mm-hmm. Like going to shops I've always wondered about, and just the prospect of what do they even sell in there? What do you what do they do? Um, wasn't expecting the question from uh, Kevin, the owner, at all. But I mean, that's a no brainer. Oh yeah. I mean, it's- and it was funny. You mentioned Pandolfo quick aside. Um, the way that we met was also through dive watches around that time. I think it was 2016. Like, so Hodinki and TGN, this is around this, around the time that, uh, the sub 350th anniversary came oh, out. Yeah. That was like episode what, like 16 of the gray NATO or something like that. And so I'm, I'm going straight down this path. Uh, I am learning all about that. I'm, I'm living up Doxa. And so I go on the Watch You Seek official Doxa forum, which is where most of the action for Doxa was really taking place mm-hmm. at the time. And I post like a, a plaintive, like, "Hey, is there anybody in Kentucky that even knows what a Doxa is that like wants to hang out or something?" Because <laughs> I'm a lonely nerd. <laughs> and Pandolfo responded like a, a few months later because he was studying undergrad at UK at the time, mm-hmm. and uh, so he was in Lexington and just due to the fact that he's not from there and he had to, you know, travel back home. Uh, we were never able to connect until recently, but we've maintained like close contact online ever since then. So he's, he's kind of my doxa buddy. And, you know, I, I brought him into uh, Red Bar Louisville and he brought me into Red Bar Cincy for which I'm very grateful. Uh, you guys have an awesome group. So yeah. Uh, Pandolfo, uh, you're a mensch. If you're listening to this, <laughs> I'm, you're, you're a fantastic dude. I'm sure he'll be listening. Um, It'll be, uh, it'll be, he's, he's getting, he's getting, he's getting name dropped a lot here today. So far, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're not even that far in yet. Yeah. We're not even really scratching yeah. the surface. Um, so, so it's, uh, completely yeah. seconded on that, by the way. Also, while we're on the sides, Hugh Laurie is great as Dr. House. He is. Mm-hmm. But if you want a real deep cut, the early on in his career, Jeeves and Wooster. Him and I've seen Steve. that. It's so good. It's so yeah, good. I have not like I, I've been exposed to it, but I haven't like watched it through. I, I've, I've not like gone down that path, but I need to. They're uh, uh, a f- adaptation of a bunch of PG Wodehouse uh, stories about uh, um, you know Hugh Laurie's like a a, a young, well-to-do bachelor is uh, always getting into these social situations it's obviously in uh, england of a little while ago um but he's getting into social situations where like you know he accidentally gets engaged to this like very nice girl but he doesn't want to so his, his very clever butler has to get him out of all of these situations i 
I am not selling it as well as I sh- could, <laughs> but uh, if that sounds like at all funny to you, check it out. I'm pretty sure that all of the episodes are on YouTube. Solid, solid entertainment. Do, do we put things in show notes? Is that, is that a yeah, thing we, we can try, do? We try, we um, try, but that doesn't always happen. Sometimes the show notes are between meetings, uh, depending on Spangler's editing. <laughs> All right, picture on notice. Take your own show notes. <laughs> yes, yes. Take. <laughs> that's how this works. Um, Strong. Does anybody use show notes? I guess that's a question I should have asked a long time ago. Maybe sixty I mean, episodes. Okay. Well, good to know. You know, maybe we'll, this one will have very detailed show notes. <laughs> <laughs> Not that you haven't lived like, this. Oh, one. you yeah, want the show exactly. notes? Exactly. Yeah, you wanted them. Here they are. There's like three pages of them, and the next one there's not going to be any. <laughs> um. Okay. Yeah. So, but so, so back to, back to the diving. So it, it is interesting that the first watch was, I see, I was expecting you to say something different, just knowing where everything turned. So the diving, so the, the, the Hamilton khaki King, then going into a dive shop roughly around the same time that obviously into the dive watches, what was the first dive watch that you decided to pursue? Like, how did this all I mean, obviously, when you go down the dive route, you're like, "Well, I gotta have a dive watch." Like that, clearly, it's part of the equipment. Yeah. Like even if, even though we all know that at this point, because I've listened to the Grey NATO, like I don't dive, but I know you really don't need one. But your wife doesn't need to know that. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, and yeah, she's under no illusion that these are real tools. But you know, if I try to talk about the the essence of them as tools, her eyes just kind of glaze over, and you guys know the look. Yep. So yep. Uh, it's it is. Um, I, I'm trying to think chronologically here, which was first. But I can say that out of my entire collection of dive watches, I only actually go diving with one of them. Um, and that there's a particular reason for that. So the, the, the watch that I dive with is a second gen Seiko black monster. Uh, I am really bad with reference numbers. I think it's XKX seven, seven, nine, maybe. I don't know. Sounds reasonable. Uh, enthusiasts, not experts. Don't at me. Yeah. <laughs> he knows. Uh, hey. so I'm, I'm adopting the tagline. <laughs> um, so this, this was a watch that um, I saw in a, in a case at an AD in uh, Stone Harbor, New Jersey, where I spend the summers uh, since I was a kid. And um, I didn't really understand how to like actually deal with an AD at the time. I'm still very new in the hobby. So it's a mystery to me how we can find these deep discounts on the gray market or on Amazon, but you walk into an AD and they're not willing to match that price. So, you know, crazy to think that they might've actually like paid more for the watch than the price that you could get online. And so I thought it would be cool to uh, purchase this monster at the, at the place where, you know, I, I strongly associate with the ocean and, and the beach and, and have that vibe on my wrist, but I couldn't kind of make that deal happen because, well, I was, I was ignorant of how it works in an AD basically. And they were, they were offering me a, a good discount too. I, I should have gone for it. But anyway, I was talking about that watch a lot because the monster is weird. It's a love hate thing. Like mm. it is an ugly watch. <laughs> and at first I was like, what is going on with this design? And this was the first gen that I was looking at um, with the, like the numerals on the inside of the markers and everything. And so 
uh, I was talking about a lot with my brother and I was still kind of new to the hobby. I was a little bit louder about it at the time. I feel like I'm more like protective of, of my nerdiness more these days. But anyway, I was, I was talking about this watch that the one that got away to my brother and lo and behold, um, he ends up giving me the second generation black monster for Christmas. And I like, that is such an incredible gift such a cool gift. And so, um, diving is something that I had always wanted to get into with my brother. Um, and he is certified and we are, uh, very lucky to, to dive together, although not as often as I'd like, because he lives in Orlando. Um, but anyway, because we have that, you know, family connection and because of the love behind that gift, I've decided to sort of like put all of my dives into that watch, if you will. And so, uh, that, that watch has been with me on every single one of my dives to date, including like pool training sessions, every single one of them. So uh, I feel like I can't break that streak, even though I have like a ton of dive watches, even though I have doxes and it's, you know, kind of like a thing to really make sure you're actually diving with your doxes. If you have the opportunity, I'm kind of like, nah, I, it's more important to me to, to have this common thread. So, yeah. Well, I mean, that's a, that's a very interesting and that's, that's a, that's a phenomenal story. That's an absolutely amazing reason to dive with that watch. But we were talking about this earlier dive watches have, have not been tools or, or, or necessities for a very long time. And honestly, neither have mechanical watches. So the combination of those two things, it's very true. you know, the fact that we all love these things and are interested in diving, you know, watches, those types of things together, the, the whole concept behind a tool watch, you know, there's really no reason to have any of those things anymore because there's better technology, but you know, what there we're drawn to these things. There's a, there's a love behind it. There's a fascination with it. So that's, that's probably a better reason than anything else to be diving with that Seiko monster. Like that, that is the reason to be diving with it on all of them. So here's the, just take your docs as snorkeling. <laughs> that <Yeah>. works. <laughs> <laughs> we can do that. It's not a dive. You know, I'm, I'm a official. big, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Such a legalistic right. take. I love it. <laughs> Find that loophole. <laughs> or just take them swimming, man. Like just get them wet every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, for sure. They they've they've uh they've definitely spent some time in what we call the Soul Aquatic Center, which is, you know, the, the three baby pools we link together in the, yes. in the back driveway. <laughs> so. Oh yeah. 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 No, that's wow. a, that's a fantastic reason to only dive with that one, that one watch. That is, Thanks. there's no, and frankly, yeah. it's a fantastic diving watch as, as dive watches go. Like it is absolutely a loom beast. Um, you know, you really can't beat Seiko for loom. Uh, the bezel is great on it. It looks fantastic on a, on a Zulu strap or like an isoframe or whatever you want to dive it with. Um, even the bracelet is great. Although I typically don't dive with bracelets. Like, Anybody who's a diver um, will tell you that the simple, non-ratcheting, non-spring-loaded, like wetsuit extensions, that doesn't. No, that no, <laughs> doesn't mean anything. Like, as soon as your wetsuit wetsuit shrinks, that watch is going to be upside down on your wrist, and it's just <laughs> they don't work as advertised. Put it that way. That is interesting to know. Yeah. How? Yeah, because so the water pressure compresses the neoprene, mm -hmm. so it shrinks on your body. And you know, if if you had deployed, let's say you're wearing a five mil wetsuit, which is kind of 
average for Kentucky water temperatures. If you're diving inland, um, you know, if you're going down 20 feet, all of a sudden the pressure that was holding your, your dive, uh, wetsuit extension class, um, you know, it is gone because the neoprene has shrunk. And so, yeah, your watch is sort of slipping around on your wrist at that point, which is why the Tudor Pelagos is fantastic from that standpoint. But it's exactly like you say, you know, that's a cool trick, but nobody needs a Pelagos, right? Yeah. Nobody, nobody needs that spring-loaded dive clasp anymore. We've, we've got dive computers for really important reasons. Um, I dive with two computers because two is one and one is none, as they say. Yes. Um, and, and so I try to put the focus of the task on the real tools, but I really love to have, you know, the emotion and the experience of what I'm doing also sort of imbued in, in that token really is what it is. It, like a dive watch is a token mm-hmm. of adventure. And, and that's why, um, that's why I, I collect them because they're, they're all, they all have their own stories, right? That's what, that's what we really collect watches for, especially tool watches is because they have these stories that they whisper to us. And um, yeah, I, I'm a sucker for that. So, so how deep have you gone? Let's just, let's just talk about this sort of stuff. Cause that's, it's funny. Um, people have brought up the whole, your wetsuit compresses. And you said that happens at even what seems like a fairly small, I mean, yeah. hell it's deeper than I want to hold my breath. I mean, that's for sure. Uh, but, but it doesn't seem like a humongous number, but like, how deep are you going? What, Tell us Typically, about the deep blue. Yeah. So um, the deepest dive that I've done, I think, is about 105 feet. Um, but really, you know, everything that you want to see is shallow. It, hmm. You know, by the time you get to 60 or 70 feet, the light has started to fade significantly you're losing color very significantly. If you look at another diver underwater, they look like a gargoyle because all of the color is out of their face because the red light is completely filtered out by the water at that depth. And so unless you're diving with a light, um, you're not picking up, you know, anything other than blues and greens and, and yellows at that depth. And so, you know, all of the beautiful, tropical reef scenery that we're used to seeing in, in diving literature and things like that. You know, if I could dive a reef at 10, 15 feet, that would be amazing. Um, you know, I was recently in Cozumel, Mexico, and I think, you know, we probably averaged 40 feet, which is great. Um, you know, it's not all about depth. Once you get into technical diving, which is like really advanced, um, gas mixtures and, and planning and, and strategy uh, and tools. Uh, that is more about like exploring things at depth, especially shipwrecks and, and stuff of that nature. But, you know, as a, as a recreational diver, which, which I am, you, you're not really trained to go anywhere below 130 feet anyway. Um, and there's just less to see at that depth. So, so how, ha- 
how how deep is the ideal depth for like a thunderball style like harpoon gun fight <laughs> in that case let's say that we're on air so the the deeper the better because there's also this thing called nitrogen narcosis when you're on air they they call it sort of martini's law for every like 30 or so feet that you go below 130 feet you start to feel intoxicated Ooh. from the nitrogen concentration in, in your blood, basically. Um, and uh, yeah, you can start to make some really um, bad decisions and, and your cognition can be really hampered. And so I, I'm thinking if there's an actual like fist fight and knife fight, Thunderball style underwater, mm-hmm. like that's, that's, they're probably narked pretty bad. That's, that's my guess. <laughs> but I don't know. On the other hand, the light is going to be better at 20 feet, right? So if, that's a great question, Buzz. I need to ponder that some more. I, I kind of figure that that's a part like that's in the pre-dive checklist. Yeah, <laughs> is my knife sharpened for the <laughs> exactly? For the fight? <laughs> because you know what, most of us, uh, I, I really only know about diving from watching James Bond movies. Yeah, man, there are a lot of misconceptions, honestly, about like traditional diving practices and tools, like the the knife that I carry. Uh, is blunt ended because I don't take it down to fight off a shark. I take it down as sort of a pry bar if I need it. Hmm. Um, it has a sharp edge on it. It has like a lightsaber sharp edge on it, but it, the, the the tip is blunted. So I don't accidentally, you know, <laughs> poke somebody basically or myself, heaven forbid. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you, I mean, Buzzy references Thunderball and that there's a lot of underwater in that movie. And I think it's because they figured out that they could do it. And th- those underwater fight scenes take a while. <laughs> yeah, I imagine. Uh, one of the, the the one of the podcasts that um, got me into podcasts uh, is the James Bonding podcast, and I've haven't heard back from Matt Myra. He's a bit of a not a big watch nerd, but he's like into the James Bond watches, which is kind of I feel like how some of us get into it. How kind of I not really got into it, but like became aware of mechanical watches. But yeah, that they always on that podcast they talk about that 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 underwater fight scene is it was probably really cool in the sixties when they filmed it. And the, but like watching it now you're like, this is like 40 minutes underwater and nobody's moving <laughs> fast. Like <laughs> that is all right guys. Um, but no, it was the, the, the your, your comments about the neoprene uh, suit. Like, I, I mean, I, I've heard that, but like the, the dive extension, I guess that's the whole thing. It's like, okay, you flip it out to put it over the suit. Like, are you trying to take it off and fiddle with it? I feel like that's just a really bad idea to try to fiddle it, fiddle with it underwater. And I get, it was funny. I was reading an article about the, uh, the Grand Seiko divers that we love and really just wish were smaller and thinner. You know what I mean? Like we've, we've talked about all this on the podcast before. Like if Grand Seiko made a 42, not 46, 14, not 18 millimeter thick dive watch, it'd be great. Yeah. Um, but they, they do the same thing with the clasp like Buzzy's Doxa and that it's it's got that toolless micro adjust. So my guess would be, like you said, the Pelagos is, is is really amazing. Like that that clasp is unbelievable. Yes. But the whole idea of not having to unbuckle your watch or take it off underwater to shrink it back down seems like it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I mean, that's one of the things that I really appreciate about um, Doxa to begin with was the original design of their sort of quote unquote Xandro 
bracelet. Mm-hmm. It's it's both ratcheting and it has these two spring-loaded sections. So it, it's going to fit over any wrist in any condition, wetsuit or whatever. That's brilliant. And I really wish that they had done that through the Doxa reboot. Mm-hmm. Um, and to this day, they still haven't approached it. I think they you know, it's, it's too much to engineer or, or too costly or the springs are too delicate or whatever, but you know, at least they've got the ratcheting class now, which is great because as soon as your wetsuit shrinks, you just reach down and pinch a little bit and it, and it sizes. Right. It, so. And there is a gigantic range of adjustment on it. That that's, that's one thing that it gets high, high marks. Um, yeah. From, from a, I do think it's funny, Chris, your, your point that, uh, yeah, they, that they haven't touched the um, doing an expando type of bracelet. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can see that being a difficult uh, problem and a difficult thing to do. But isn't it so funny that uh, without rapid prototyping and computer-aided drafting in the 60s and 70s, they were able to figure it out and nobody wants Seriously. to touch it today? Yeah, they, they, they walked on the moon too. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> These are all great points. <laughs> well, and so here's another thing it's I'll throw out there. So I have a, a, a 50th anniversary edition Rideau Diastar that I don't wear nearly enough, but I have one. And it's not quite, it's not a dive watch. It, it has 100 meters of water resistance, you know, push pull crown, all that. But it has a folded link bracelet. And it has the same kind of springy class. Like it's not the same expandro class by any means. I wouldn't take it diving, but I feel like it would do exactly what you guys are talking about over a wetsuit because it it it, it has it's spring loaded. It's, and it's a very thin machined clasp that has the spring loaded. It's 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 unbelievable. It, it reminds me a little bit of kind of like some of the older Zodiac clasps as well that had that on there. But I'm like, they made that in 20. 13, 20, I don't remember. I can't exactly remember when it was that it, it, it might've even been like 2012, the 50th anniversary edition that came out. Cause I bought it secondhand probably three years ago, but it's got a spring loaded clasp. So I, I like if, if Rideau can do it on a reissued Diastar, like why isn't Doxa tackling it? I don't, I don't quite, I mean, there are some things that you would think they'd be able to accomplish. Like Buzz said with modern engineering, 3d printing, rapid prototyping. There's, there's a lot of things yeah. you should be able to do do them. Come on guys. And people rave about the spring loaded class on the Pelagos, not just for bragging rights, but for sure comfort. I mean, that thing is perfect. Yeah. It's really something else. The Pelagos was actually, uh, and this ties into something that you uh, mentioned earlier, Spence, the Pelagos was my grail for like, you know, since I got into watches, really, I looked at that as like the pinnacle of dive watch engineering. Like, any hypothetical problem that is put forth that a dive watch is supposed to be able to solve, like the Pelagos is like check. Mm-hmm. And you know, the, the, the spring loaded clasp was the, 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 the cherry on top. And so um, you, you've got the black base steel and I also have the black base steel in my collection. And that happened when I walked into my local AD uh, Davis jewels, jewelers in Louisville, little shout out. Uh, they're great. And I intended that day to buy the Pelagos. This was last May. Mm-hmm. And so I walked in, I was ready to go. And then I, I had the Pelagos in my hand. Like I was practically about to turn and go check out. And then from beneath the glass, the black base steel was like, 
look down here. <laughs> and uh, things took a hard left, man. Like I, I had seen that watch in that case for at least a year uh, and not really noticed it. But for whatever reason, I decided to pick it up and man, I couldn't put it down. It's just so good. And so I was forced to go home. I was forced to scrub the mission. And, <laughs> and uh, the, the Pelagos like is just sitting here waiting for me after five years of like researching and longing after this watch. Um, I went home that night with, without making a purchase and I thought long and hard and, and wrote down all these notes. And I actually wrote like an essay that I sent to Pandolfo and I was like, <laughs> help me. Am I crazy? Like this is a true story. So um, I decided after giving it a lot of thought that, you know what, like the reason that I love the Pelagos is because of those like hypothetical problems or challenges that are put to a dive watch, but none of them are real. Like it's not, it's, it's this facade. It's, it's, it's not a true problem being solved by the Pelagos. It's, it's a fantasy problem. And is that, is that me? Like, I'm not taking anything away from the Pelagos or the people who designed, marketed, and engineered it. That thing is a masterpiece. But as a diver, am I being honest with myself in like pursuing that piece when I know I'm not going to use it as a tool? I'm going to use my computers as a tool. And so to me, when the Black Bay Steel reached out and grabbed me, that is a dive-styled watch in a vintage style from the era when they really were tools. And it doesn't pretend to be anything else. It doesn't even have a wetsuit extension in the bracelet, which makes me happy. <laughs> like, they're not, they're not trying too hard. It's just beautiful. It's so reminiscent of a sub. Um, it's got, you know, the, the, black, the matte black with the red accents. Uh, the bezel is fantastic. Yeah, so I had to go with Black Bay Steel, and um, that was my first big AD purchase, other than the the Doxa, I guess. But that's a different experience because you could only get them online, right? Um, so yeah, I, I'm Black Bay Steel for life. I think I'll have that watch forever because it took me so long to arrive at that, and I, I still get like little pangs of oh, should I go on Pelagos? But not because I don't love the heck out of the Black Bay Steel, but just because the yeah, that Pelagos is really something. It's like a clinical study in what a dive watch, you know, should be. I love that thing. It's funny that you mentioned that, like, it was one of those things that just kind of popped up. So, it the, the story behind this one. This one is going to my firstborn, Pierce, and awesome. the the reason he's not getting an Omega Seamaster or so. You, well, yeah, nope. This would be an Omega. My bad. I'll take a quick sip here. <laughs> Omega, Omega. You know, my bad. Sorry, bro. If he's listening, uh, he'll be listening. I know he will. Um, one of the reasons I couldn't get an Omega was like, oh, we named him Pierce. I can't give him a James Bond watch that started with Pierce Brosnan. And people are that's way too inside baseball. And then I started setting the criteria for what it was going to be. It had to be like a, a, a tool watch on a bracelet that came out the year they were born. This came out in, tw in March of 2017 at Basel World or April, I think that year or somewhere around there. And, um, you know, I, I tried on the, the Seamaster just to be sure. Actually, you know, it was out of the budget at the time. Tried on a couple of Rolexes. Tried on a sub because they had it in the case in 2017. Go figure, right? At Richter and Phillips. You know, it's how times have changed. But it was one of those that I kept coming back to. Like, I was like, okay, this one, I saw it on I saw it on the pictures I read it on Hodinkee. I was like, okay, this, this is kind of a cool watch. Like, Tudor's in it. Like, I didn't know about them. I was reading up and it was just one of those things. And then it's like, you're right. You go and you try it on, you're like, man, this is good. 
Like, I don't like, yeah. I don't know why this is so good, but this is so good. And it's like, you try everything else on and like, it was one of those things where my wife was like, yeah, just go, you know, this is, you've got it. It's, a, it's in the budget. You go and you figure it out. And I was like, no, like, I want you to come like, just check me on this. Like, make sure I'm not like, make sure I'm right. And she's like, yeah, no, you're right. This is good. And I was like, okay. Like I just, I had to double That's check. Cool. It's like, I, I have that. I, I'm, I'm, I'm like, when you're describing, like I was going in to buy the Pelagos and like, then I saw this is like, Oh, I had yeah. the same feeling. I was like, Ooh, this just, you put it on in the, the bracelet, the, the ceramic ball bearings on the clasp. It just, yes. it, you know, exactly what I'm talking about. It's like, this is so good. Um, it is so good. And I, I had considered so a Pelagos as well. Um, but the one that came out that year was the left-hand dive and I, or left-hand drive. Mm-hmm. I still think I might eventually own that watch long-term because I am left-handed and owning a left-hand drive oh, watch nice. is a really cool thing. But I was like, Oh, it's cool. I'm a lefty. And I was like, but I can't make my son be left-handed and I don't know that he's <laughs> going to. So like, I got hung up on the left. Like, it was like one that. of those things that I got hung up on the left-handed thing. And it was just like, couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. <laughs> so happens, man. Happens. It does. Yeah. I like the LHD a lot too. I would definitely wear it on the left wrist, uh, having that crown out of the way. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So you mentioned, you mentioned the Doxa purchase experience. You know, we're talking about the yes. tutor. We talked about, the monster from your brother, you know, the reason we know you is you were introduced to us as a doxa head. So yeah. how did that happen? I mean, I think I kind of know well, loosely, so, but <laughs> yeah. So it goes back to, um, you know, around that same time, like I mentioned, I think it was episode like 16 or 17 of the great NATO and they introduce the, first episode that they ever did about just one watch which was the sub 350th anniversary professional and um you know that sent me really hard down that specific rabbit hole of doxa which is a great rabbit hole the water is warm come on in um was <laughs> he just joined it's my dad yes <laughs> welcome brother <laughs> one of us uh, it is uh a real a, a real sort of center of passion in, in the watch world, especially the, the dive watch world. Um, you know, what it meant to come out with that product in 1967, among the other sort of military inspired divers, how they focused on making a watch that would uh, have the table on the bezel and, and be, you know, legible underwater, which we've touched on a little bit. Orange would totally fade out uh, less, you know, under, under, 50 feet. So that's, that's a different story, but um, yeah, just doing, doing the research there on that watch, I fell in love. Um, that was my first quote unquote, nice watch was the, the sub 300 um, nicer than the Hamilton uh, for sure by far. And um, you know, there was such an active community around docs and there still is to some extent, but it's, it's a little bit different now. I think um, the watch, brand itself was revived based on community. And I know you guys touched on this a lot um, in, a, in, I guess, the last episode. Um, but it's it's been a really cool ride um, to just and to just witness the tail end of it. I'm, I'm by no means, you know, a, a true expert or, or a real Doxa blue blood having come through the whole era, the whole Mirai era from 2002 onward. But to have been close to it and, and to have participated in sort of 
the end of that and, and observed it. It's a really cool, special community. It, it really is. And I mean, um, people have, have written, you know, books on the subject, which might seem uh, common, but for a funky little brand like Doxa, that, that seems like a big deal to me. Um, and they're great books too, by the way, I highly recommend. Um, Doc uh, Miller? Yes. Yeah. So Dr. Peter McLean Millar uh, or Miller, however you pronounce that. I would love to meet him someday. He's sort of the OG doxaholic, doxa head, however you want to call it. Um, And his own story was that he was um, working on some sort of subsea surveying project in the Middle East. And um, one of his coworkers was wearing a doxa and he thought that was really something. Um, wasn't able to buy it at the time because they'd been out of production for like 10 years. But they, you know, planted a seed in the back of his mind. And then years later, he sort of re-encountered the watch brand being rebooted actively by Rick Mirai. And uh, they became, you know, fast friends right off the top. And uh, Dr. Miller um, was instrumental in, in the forum community. Um, you know, top moderator for that community. He, he literally wrote the book on Doxa, right? In books. Um, so yeah, um, there's a lot of fantastic research that he's done. The, the main book that he wrote was Doxa Sub 40 Years, 1967 to 2007. Uh, and then he also did like a, the last 10 years, he did a 50 year for the 50th anniversary as well, which is a much, much smaller book, but recommend both. So um, yeah, I, I just, I, I got into it by participating in the forum, um, you know, reaching out to like-minded guys, um, connected with Jason Heaton over, um, at the, at TGN, um, over that subject as well. And he's, you know, he's great. Um, uh, so it's, it's, it's been, it's been a cool community to be a part of. It's, it's been a great brand to learn about and to sort of have, be part of my watch collecting identity, if you will. I'm very proud um, to own the two that I own, which is the uh, 50th anniversary professional and the the um, shark hunter black long. So, yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, it, it it all makes sense given you know how far, you know, where we've come and, and, and followed your journey. And you mentioned, uh, you mentioned the Bund King himself there, uh, Mr. Heaton. <laughs> yeah. So, so from what I, from what I recall, you may have been, you may have been cited in one of the articles you wrote for Hodinkee, which, you know, show notes, we'll link it up. We'll find that article. Um, how did that kind of happen? I'm just kind of curious as to, you know, you stumble into this community, you go hard. I mean, obviously talking with you and kind of getting to know you, the research and the nerdery is, is, is big. I, I, I can gather just with, yes, with all the, high, and, and it, it's, it's, a, it's a term of endearment. <laughs> like we're all, you know, you know, obviously if you're listening to this podcast or being willing to participate in this podcast, the nerdery is big. So you come into this, you're, you're, you're very into this. You, you've got these two pieces. You're, you're, you stumble upon the Doxa community and you're in there, obviously doing all the research, reading the books, what have you. How do you end up being cited by Jason Heaton in a Hodinkee article? This is fascinating to me. 
So I wouldn't go so far as to say cited, well, <laughs> but I was able to help out with some research that he was doing, which was really cool. It was a great opportunity and I was honored to participate. So uh, I mentioned Louisville Dive Center and there were two former owners, Ray and Kevin. And Ray's son uh, is a guy that I know is also a uh, watch nerd and he is an incredibly accomplished diver. He was, I think he was the youngest ever Nawi course director, which is literally as, as high as you can go as a, as a trained diver and instructor and instructor trainer and, and course director. So um, he was somebody that I got to know through the Louisville Dive Center. He, he lives in Chicago though. And um, I think for whatever reason, Jason had reached out um, and gotten introduced to him by um, sort of posing some sort of line of questioning to NAWI, the organizations. NAWI is the National Association of Underwater Instructors. It's, a, you know, it's similar to PADI, um, except they're nonprofit. So they don't have their logo on a lot of watch dials, which makes me sad, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jason had reached out and connected with Chris. Um, it, uh, Chris is the, the name of my, of my buddy. And um, he had a question about decoding um, old, uh, watch bezels. And at the time he was, you know, researching the deep star. So the aqua star deep star, which was recently relaunched by Rick. Um, and so, uh, Chris, you know, thought it was super cool, obviously that he's, he's interfacing with Jason here. And so he's texting me about, Hey, you know, I've, I've got this task here. Um, uh, Heaton is, you know, researching, uh, how to, you know, figure out what these markings even mean. And so I was like, all right, you know, my Google foo is strong. I'll see what I can do here. And so I, I stepped up to, uh, try to figure some of that out. And I found some really, um, you know, tucked away images on some corner of some French dive watch forum, if I remember correctly, and was able to kind of get those over to Jason and, and they were useful in, in figuring out, that the the deep star is bezel is for repetitive dives, which was a very novel concept at the time. Like the doxa bezel, that's just one dive at a time, you know, and technically you're you're only doing one dive every 24 hours if you want to use that bezel for you know the next time. But that's not usually how it goes. You're usually doing at least two dives on an outing, at least in a modern setting you are. And so it's really cool that the deep star helps you calculate, you know, how much nitrogen is remaining in your body based on your surface interval or how long you've been up uh, until you can go back down again. And then how much time you can spend down uh, at, at what depth. And so we were able to help them figure that out. Chris and I were, and so we were both cited um, at the bottom of a, of a Hodinkee article, which was my 15 seconds of fame uh, that I'm very proud of. So you're a man of letters. You should be proud of that. Well, thank you. That's, that's very kind. And uh, yeah, and so Jason and I um, were able to connect over that. And I ended up uh, buying a, a watch off him at, at one point, which was also a Doxa. Um, I, I, was, I had the opportunity to purchase um, his Mission 31 Doxa, which I did not follow through on, which is probably my greatest watch regret but that watch did go on to be um, auctioned for charity, which is a good outcome to that story anyway. So, yeah. yeah. It's funny because I can... I, but James and Jason are both 
sweethearts. Uh, they're, they're really incredibly nice dudes. I love what they do. They, they gift us with such amazing watch stories and content uh, practically every week. And uh, I'm very, very grateful for those guys, for the culture that they've brought out for all of us. I think it's top notch. Oh, completely. The Grenada was one of my favorite. I mean, it was other than I, I think I stumbled upon them after Hodinkee Radio, but only because of the association. And like that's one of the one of the one of my favorite listens. Just because it's a it's a different take. It's on it's it's about the watches, but it's about the watches and how they kind of relate to life and what you use them for, and not just about the watches. And that's I think, you know, we were talking about that earlier. And, and why you dive with the monster. Like these, these things are, are silly little machines that we strap to our wrist that are antiquated, but we still strap them to our wrist because we love them. And they kind of, they get into that more than I think other people do, which is, you know, it, it yes. speaks to me a little bit too. I'm, I'm with you there. I agree. I, I couldn't agree more. They are very, um, they're pragmatic and they're realistic about these tools and, and the romantic side of them. Um, yeah, great guys. All right. Well, uh, have any, uh, recent pickups? Oh yeah. Anything, uh, show up recently? (laughs) Speaking of Doxa and, and diving watches and the great NATO. Um, yes. So my most recent acquisition is, the synchron that you guys discussed in the last episode, uh, which I highly recommend folks go back and listen to if they have. Um, so we were close. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I totally enjoyed your guys' summary of the situation. Um, but I, I think, uh, Evan said that Doxa was rebooted in 2010, but you know, everything else was, was pretty, pretty on the, na- uh, on the nose. So, um, I'm just giving up. Oh yeah. Time. He's not here. To uh, help. You can do whatever yeah. you want. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I do have the, uh, Synchron military. I'm probably going to call it the Synchron army. It's like, uh, <laughs> here in hand. Um, and man, this thing came out and it, in fact, it was, um, I was, I was DMing Jason at the time and he, um, was like, hey, well, I had DM'd him when a um, Doxa Army, like an like an original Doxa Army, came up on the forums for like eight grand. I saw that one. Uh, this was some dive shop owner in Rhode Island. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, that that price is, you know, eye watering for sure. But shoot, it might be justifiable. I mean, almost nothing is known about this watch, even by Doctor Miller. Um, in the books, it literally says almost nothing is known about this watch. And, um, you know, so few are known to exist. That guy's got a, a total grail on his hands. And so I was, you know, I, I sent that over uh, to Jason just as a fellow Doxa head and was like, wow, you don't see this every day at all. And um, he was kind of coy about it at the time. And he, you know, he's close to Rick. He knows what's going on, but he's very, very good at not uh, revealing secrets, obviously. Like that's, that's his, it's his job as a journalist. And so, um his response was like, yeah, that's amazing. But, um, yeah, the price is kind of high. And I was like, yeah, 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 I I agree. And then lo and behold, like I was sending a message about something else and he, you know, pinged me at the very moment that, um, the synchron email went out, which that's a great, uh, email list to be subscribed to if you're not. 
uh, you know, offering the Synchron military for sale. And I was like, whoa, shoot. I mean, um, <laughs> especially at that price point, I did not expect that at all. You, you go from $8,000 to the homage to that piece for, uh, I think it was nine ninety. Yeah. Man, that's a no-brainer. And I was like, my face got like red hot. I was like, oh, you know, got got to do this, got to pull the trigger now because with uh, Rick Marais' Doxa pieces, you know, especially those black lungs, they flew. They absolutely flew out of stock. So I uh, had to jump on it and was able to. And uh, Rick also knows how to ship a watch real quick. So it landed like two days later. Um, and it's a cool piece. It's a really cool piece. I mean, it has so much of that 70s funky vibe um, that you love about the images. Um, I think it's a, I think it's a really good value. I think that uh, you just, you just don't see watches like this at all anymore. And, and I love that he produced it. I think the controversy is uh, crazy. I, I think Doxa uh, proper really, didn't comport themselves that well. I would have loved to see them sort of act like they've been there and, and rise above and not respond in sort of a pot shot way. That's, but that's my two cents. You know, they, they own the company. They can manage things as they see fit. I may or may not have posted a couple of salty <laughs> comments, but Hey, that's, <laughs> you know, I'm just a lone voice crying in the wilderness over here. So I wouldn't uh, call you a lone voice. Yeah. <laughs> about well, that. Okay, <laughs> I don't think you were alone in, 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 uh, in posting comments about the reaction. I, and I think that's, that's kind of the big thing is like, it was really just about the reaction, but I'm a little bit more curious. I mean, we've, you know, we're, we're buddies with our, our friend over in Germany, our, our buddy, Mike, and we read his review of the, of the synchron. I, I want to know kind of firsthand, what's your take on it? Like, like not obviously, I mean, you ordered it, you own it. Like, is everything kind of what you were hoping for? Yeah, I'd say so. Like at the price point, I'm not, it, it's a different price point than I'm used to from uh, like a Mirai watch, if you will, like a Synchron created watch. I'm used to my um, 50th anniversary 300s. And um, those were, I think they retailed for like just under two grand originally. And so this is about half that. And I would say that like quality wise, it's not quite up to where the, the doxas were that Rick made at the time. Um, but there are like, you know, some, some tells behind that. And there seems to be some, you know, reason for that. Like um, it's been pointed out that you don't see Swiss made on the dial, which I think is, you know, kind of cool in one sense, because, you don't have to pretend like the whole thing was made in Switzerland. Yeah. Like try to put USA made on the dial of something and see what happens. Like it's not the same rules. And Rick's been manufacturing dials in Asia forever. Right. Uh, and they print Swiss made on the dial in Asia and then ship it to Switzerland to have it, you know, assembled or whatever. Um, so who knows, you know, how the watch was manufactured, but I think that it's um, a good quality for the price for sure. I don't think that it's, um, the same quality that you would expect at a higher price point, but like, it's still a, a good value is what I would say. Um, like I have some tiny quibbles, like the crown wiggles that's been mentioned before by a couple of other reviewers. My bezel is just slightly off center to the right or to the left at 12 o'clock, which stinks, but you know what? Like this thing is packed with so much cool and what it represents as that, 
doxa army um crazy grail piece to have that you know look and that effect on your wrist and with some of the history of doxa behind it albeit not under current ownership that's a great thing i mean i i I love to be able to support rick uh at this point and i i I love this watch so yeah that's my take on it and it looks amazing on a zulu strap strongly recommend uh sticking that thing on a five ring zulu no, I'm I'm uh, I'm hopeful that at some point, you know, we've we've been joking about vaccinations and and masking in outdoor venues or whatever. Like at some point, oh, yeah. we're gonna have to get everybody together and uh, time it so that you can make it because I, I want to see I want to see that thing in person. It's one of those that I, I think that's a done deal. I, I man. feel like it's it's one of those that it's. I mean, I, the dial it, it's a bit it's a bit much for me, but like I have a sneaking suspicion I'm gonna see that and be like, oh, that's good. Like it's, it's, it's one of those, you just was like, okay, now I get it. I get it now. Yeah, I get it. (laughs) Yeah. It's its own thing. I have nothing else like this in my collection, despite the fact that it, you know, shares a case shape with the, with the subs. Um, It is very unique. It is very seventies and it is very, very cool. It's um, yeah. My sort of all clear vaccination date is on the horizon. (laughs) Yeah. So the, the light is at the end of the tunnel, sort of mid-April. I should be good to go. Yeah. Uh, I'm really looking forward to getting together with you guys. Yeah, as well. no, it'll uh, it'll be a lot of fun. I mean, that's uh, that's one of those things that I know that we're all kind of tracking and, and, and trying to make sure that we we can do things safely, um, which is which is a very yes. good thing. Um, and it, it's funny because like it, it, I think it's happening sooner than we originally thought uh, for those of us who were under a certain age. Um, just, you know, cause I mean, we were, we were all thinking, Hey, you know, maybe, maybe by August I'll have a chance to get it. And like, right. Like here in Ohio, it's everybody who's over 16, um, at the end of March, like March 29th, you can start figuring stuff out. It's like, cool. That's six months sooner than I thought it was going to be that, that, that low. So that's yeah, amazing. That's great. Um, and I, I think I, I heard from a, a coworker of mine who lives in Kentucky that at, at some point, either last week or the week before 25% of the state of Kentucky had already been either I think it was either had at least gotten there first and they're like, so things are progressing pretty well. Um, better than I think we all thought. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. that's a good thing. Cause, cause I mean, it's been more than a year. Buzzy made it to our last one. He made it to our last one. <sighs> yeah. I must've been that bad of a guest. But, uh, <laughs> we just stopped. having. <laughs> Well, I mean, Buzzy, if you were that bad of a guest, uh, would we let you stay on after episode six? <laughs> probably not. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no, it's uh, – I think we're all looking for – because like, there have been so many new watch editions. Buzzy's is – you know, Buzzy and, and you, Soul, you guys got the two, two of the more exciting ones most recently. But, I mean, there's a lot of new stuff to see and to check out and to fondle, as Spangler would say. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Just in the beginning of 2020, I think I'm up to three or four acquisitions. A couple of them, you know, cheap and cheerful eBay finds, but still, um, I've been <laughs> I've been rolling a little too hot <laughs> this this first quarter. I need to dial it. Yeah, down. yeah. You don't need to tell me. <laughs> uh, we know those. Oh feelings. yeah, but uh, well, I mean. That uh, that's a that's a pretty awesome take. I think that's a that's a fun way to kind of end it because that's like our most recent controversy was the uh, the whole Doxa dust up in the last couple of weeks. But I mean, 
I'll be curious as to their their total response. Obviously, we saw what they did on Instagram. Um, I feel like they're going to come out with another version of this because they kind of you can't do you can't respond like that and then not show up with something. Yeah, for sure. They're, I mean, they're going to follow through. It's just interesting to, to observe that it kind of, you know, it, it seems to have mucked up their plans a little bit for the space that if I were the brand manager, I would have wanted around their very well-received carbon release. You know, why are you going to get into a little, yeah. you know, slap fight right before you do something big and important for your brand? It's silly. Um, so yeah, I, I think if they had just, you know, let it go, let him sell out of his 500 pieces and then come along later and been like, Oh, by the way, we're making it too. And it says Doxa and army on the dial, you know, mic drop, you know, take that Rick. Like that's a much more, uh, sort of devious way to really go about it. In my opinion, if you're, if you're trying to actually compete for people's uh wallets but maybe they just just you know spiraled into damage control and I so that it. reminds me of yeah. two things that, that reminds me of two things the one thing that you mentioned there is their carbon i kind of have a soft spot for that or, like their professional carbon i also like the sea rambler but it, oh, yeah? the, the the i also like the diving star too but i kind of wish you know we, we talked a little bit about before we started recording the the, the whole coming out with a carbon when they did the limited edition at a significantly higher price last year, like maybe yes. do that, but don't do a diving star. You know what I mean? Like maybe mm. do, I know yeah. it had, I know that one had the carbon dial and, and what have you. It was a little bit different than what they came out with, but like, don't do the yellow. Like that would have been a cool way to say, Hey, we know we did this. We'll do all the other colors and they're unlimited, but you can't get the yellow. Like that would have been like, yeah. there's creative ways to do it. And brands seem to find a way to not take those ways. So like, you know, whatever, like I kind of wish they would have done that, but what have you? Well, I'll tell you, that was one of the things that Rick was best at, like choosing which colors to release and not yeah. to release. And I think, um, the current ownership management of the brand was like, no, forget that. We're just going to offer our full range of colors. Even the ones that you've only done as LEs in the past, you can get them. Um, and that's kind of, that was like a low blow to, to sort of the docs of faithful yeah. through the Mariah era. It's like, Oh, you're just going to like offer them all. You're just going to throw them all on the table, whatever. Yeah. So yeah, I'm with you. It would be great. Um, I think it would make a lot of sense to string along, you know, folks a little bit to, to tantalize with, Oh, maybe, maybe we'll do the, the sea rambler, you know, uh, T graph in the future, which, which to their credit, you know, they only released the professional or the T graph, but hopefully that's not it. Yeah. Right. So they're, they may be doing some of that. Uh, but yeah, that was definitely highly characteristic of, of the. Well, and and it, it's one of those things that we talked about on a, on a long ago episode, the, when the, the black Bay 58 Navy blue came out, it's like, you guys missed such an awesome opportunity to name it after the year that like, just it, cool. Don't call it a 58, call it a, whatever the year, the blue Tudor snowflake came out, like call it that. Like just mm, yeah. like, there's, there's just a little bit of creativity. You're like, Oh, I see what you did there because let's be real. Like <laughs> the average consumer who is interested in these types of things would be like, I don't really care what the name is. I like it cause it's blue and it's cool and I like it. But the watch nerd will get that. Like, ah, I see what you did there. Like that whole, like being in on it, kind of joke um 
But the other thing that I was going to say is I, I always kind of go back to I have an iPhone and not that I'm a huge Apple nut by any means. I'm not talking to you guys on a, on a, on a Mac. I know, I know you are sold, but we, cause we talked about that briefly, but it's like, it's, it's one of those things where they always in their releases, it's always that you're like, Oh, I think they're going to do a new iPhone. It's the, Oh, and one more thing. Like if they would have handled yes. the showmanship, if they would have handled the Doxa army that way, like in another month after doing the carbon, they could say, Oh, and another thing. Here's this. That would have been your mic. Oh, yeah. But they didn't do that. They didn't it. do that. I love it. <laughs> they came out and like why have they not hired us as consultants right now? Why? Right. So I yeah, I was listening to I, I yeah. just want to be paid in watches. I don't see what the problem I, I, is. Just maybe one or two a year. Like that. If you think about that compared yeah, to your entire market. So much staff, to ask. So much cheaper. So much cheaper. <laughs> um <laughs> we're, we're laughing about this, but the funny thing is I just listened to the most recent episode of time of the week. I don't watch it on YouTube cause it's during the middle of the day. Um, it's, it's the girls from Scottish watches and stateside Sam, uh, who's here in the United States. Um, and they were talking about, they had uh, actually, they had Stephanie from uh, call the AD on, uh, she's out in Virginia and she's been on an episode of hood Inky radio. So I weird plugs, but they were talking about the same concept. Like, Hey, watch marketers. Like you can hire us for pretty cheap. Like we do this as a side gig. It's the same thing. It's like, you guys missed such a great opportunity. Like just lean into it a little bit more, like just play to the nerds because the general public, if you have a good product, they won't care. They don't care about the history. Like, Oh, it's a cool blue watch. Awesome. How much? Thank you. Like they're not the ones negotiating with your ADs for money. They're the ones paying full retail, all of, all of that stuff. But like, lean into the watch nerds because the marketing will be that much better. <laughs> yeah. I always wonder about that. Like when they're planning to like, when they're planning their, their marketing strategy, like how much are they catering to the enthusiast? How much are they catering to the general public? It's probably far more of the general public than any of us would like to admit, which is why, you know, every watch has a date on it, which, you know, I, I have to have a date on my watches. I'm not a, a date window hater. In fact, I am team 430 date. So uh, at at me, James Stacey, like (laughs) I want to have this discussion. Um, Team 430 date window all the way. El Primero. Fantastic. Boom. I'm with you. We need a, we need a whole different episode for that though. That'll be a fun one. (laughs) You're right. You're right. We do. That will be a fun one. Um, but yeah, no, that was, uh, that was, I think that's a pretty good way to, to tie that one off. I mean, this has been an absolute, excuse me. Wow. I'm having a fizzy water as well with my Manhattan and, uh, that one got me. <laughs> it's been a, been a great episode. Uh, it's, it's been great to have you soul. Like it, it just, I don't want to say this one's been a long time coming. It was just like, you know, the, the, the whole controversy over the last couple of weeks. I mean, you've been, You've been a pretty solid contributor to the Red Bar Chat uh, in a different, in a much more high level, educated, interesting way than you know the usual shit posts that the rest of us do on that on that group chat, um, <laughs> myself included. Uh, but you know, it was one of those where it was like, okay, after last, it was like this. This just makes a lot of sense. Like, let's let's have him on. Let's let's talk some uh, some diving, some watches, get into some Doxa stuff, and then uh, talk about the new Synchron Military. So, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Um, this has been an absolute blast. Like I actually can't wait to like have that in-person meetup now. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely guys, man. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Like I said, this is a sheer privilege, uh, and the pleasure has been all. And if, if anybody wants to try to get approved to follow you on Instagram, where can they find you? 
<laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> to talk Doxa yeah, only. Private account. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So I am at Soul on Instagram at S O H. All right. Hit me up. Yeah. Talk Doxa. I mean, you could you could end up talking with you. Could, you could end up you know like Pandolfo, uh, tying us all together. Absolutely. Exactly. Just randomly reaching out to talk about Absolutely. Doxa. So thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute blast, and we'll uh, we'll catch everybody next week. See ya. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Whiskey and Watches podcast. If you like what you hear, please take the time to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. We are enthusiasts, not experts, so don't at us. But you can find us on Instagram at whiskey.and.watches.podcast. Also, visit our website at zeitzwatches.com. Zeitz is spelled Z-E-I-T-Z.